You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from our friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Janice Legata, and this is God Has Not Given, an evangelical podcast featuring me and my failing faith in conversations with my friends and family. This week is a group effort. In continuing to consider the ever-unfolding saga of Carl Lentz, I gathered my friend group to talk about marriage. I don't do any detailed friend introductions this week because ain't nobody got time for that, and also because this won't be the last time you'll hear from them. They'll all be back for individual episodes, except Aramis. I might actually cut her out of this episode. TBD. Anyway, 2020 keeps doing numbers and throwing all my plans off track, so no new question of the week this week because I have no idea what we'll be talking about next week. Oh wait, actually I do, but I'll tell you about that at the end of the episode. In the meantime, brace yourself and get ready to spend some time in Clown Town. When I first saw you, I said, friends Alicia. Hey. My frenemy Aramis. Hey. My friend Sadika. Hola. And my friend Joanna. Hi. So this is the first group group effort. So now as a group, we're going to decide what that Christianity do this week. <laughs> so <the> group FaceTime. <laughs> so they're each going to give one thing that they think makes someone a Christian. And we're going to start with the devil. <laughs> the devil. Aramis, what you got? I would say ideally a Christian is someone who doesn't speak to you, but they just live through. Like it's more of a, it's less of a two and more of a through in terms of living their life with Jesus. So they show you. They mm. don't so much tell you how to live your life with the Lord. That. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I see. I hear that. Um, I had given my three before, and I think this time my one will stand, and I'm just going to be biblical. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Not a Christian. Yeah, I'll just be biblical. You know, what makes somebody a Christian is, you know, confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart. And that's just the biblical way. But if I had to, you know, go... Either way. You don't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my one for the day. I like All that. Right. Moving on. Right. <laughs> uh, Joanna? Um, I'll leave it on the shorter one. Love. You have to lead with love and not lead with hate. I need to see that you care for people, that you, you know, exhibit love, really. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Right. And Alicia? Um, I would say my one right now is just how you treat people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when I think of Jesus and all that he did and how he treated people, there should be a mirroring or at least an effort uh, to replicate that on mm-hmm. some kind of a level. And I know that that's no easy thing, but to me, I think it's how you treat people. All right. Agreed. Love it. So a lot of these are very existential. I feel like I can't really say because I can't see myself. Can I sing on your behalf? So, yeah, y'all, yeah. Am I a Christian well, this week? Yes. So, for me, I would say the way you have treated me exemplifies Christ. 
Likewise. Aww. Yeah. As your friend of me, I have to say, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the electoral college is not on your side. <laughs> 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 well, the devil said no, so that just kind of confirms. <laughs> history of the mega church mm-hmm. we all know it was the hill song mm-hmm. NYC. there was such a big shenanigan mm-hmm. this week and so much changed mm-hmm. you know the lead pastor was suddenly dismissed and then over the next few days it just kind of trickled out that it was you know had to do with being un- unfaithful in marriage and so with that i think you can't help but think about just marriage and the institution of marriage mm-hmm. and what what does that mean? What does that look like? And for me, I was kind of joking about it, but I was serious too. When the story came out, you know, that he was out there telling her, you know, oh, I'm a sports agent. Like I got a little bit, a little bit sad because I was like, is that like what he really wanted to be? Mm-hmm. You know, is this something like, yeah, like is this like your wow. fantasy life or yeah. something? Wow. I was like, because I could see that. Yeah, likewise. I yeah. could see that for him. And so I'm like, did you just kind of get trapped into Ooh, this fair. life? That's good, Janice, yeah. Um, so then it got me to thinking, like, I'm already very, I'm not anti-marriage, but I am anti-young marriage. I think very few people should be getting married in their 20s. You don't know yourself enough. Yeah. But, you know, in Christianity, people are, like, rushed to the altar. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, it has to do with, sex and yeah. sexuality yeah and so it's Great. kind of like you put sex behind this paywall like you have to be married to have sex and so people are just making this decision mm-hmm. for that yeah so i know my views on marriage and sex and everything are very much in flux and have changed so much from what i was raised with yeah. but yeah where what do you guys think where are you at is marriage is marriage for everyone does everyone need to be married do you have to be married for sex all these all these Things, all these questions. Why y'all look at me? <laughs> it was, it was, it was the why you had. Why do you need to be married for sex? That's why y'all looked at me. That's why y'all looked at me. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, in short, to one of your questions, what did you say? Should everyone be married? I don't think you have to be. No, you agree. Mm-mm. I don't think it's for everyone. No, no. I don't, because you're entering into a long-term commitment. Mm-hmm. One of my friends said to me recently, I mean, and because she's also just been thinking about marriage in a completely different light. And why is that? Because she's no longer 22. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just saying to me how she was like, what if we thought about marriages? What if we gave marriage the same amount of thought that we gave to these small businesses that we wanted to start? Mm-hmm. Would we be looking at the long term investment? Would we be doing mm-hmm. research? You know, would you be doing all these same things that you're doing? Because contractually, you're now committing yourself your finances your name all these other things to another person is that something you want to be doing long term mm-hmm. and she was just saying for herself having built having built her business as it continues to build 
she doesn't even know if that's something that she wants to share, even mm-hmm. in, even in name only with another right. person. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I do believe in marriage, and I, you know, I, I hope for it one day. But I do think, is it for everyone? No. No, yeah, I definitely agree there. I don't think. Oh, I'm. No, yeah, I don't think marriage is for everyone. Likewise, do I want to be married? Yes. For me, growing up in religious home and Christian home and, like, how marriage is taught in Aramis and I... Aramis and I... <laughs> Aramis. <laughs> Aramis and I were talking about this not too long ago, and I was thinking about how, in church anyway, we teach marriage and sex and all these things and it's almost like scare tactics you know don't do it because of this and all of this and then like why you have to get married and like this like sudden urgency of like if you're feeling this way no don't 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 go there don't touch those things don't 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 fall into those temptations it's always like the don'ts but not explaining really the whys and I think about how they push marriage and what marriage is supposed to look like. And I think to myself, well, if we're thinking about biblically and Old Testament and all that, all of these girls were getting married when they were like 14 and like 15, when they were like young, young. Their dads were giving them away to yeah. somebody else's father and to merge families and all this type of stuff. And right. and then let's fast forward to now we're in 2020 in this age and this time of life and not everybody gets the chance to get married, right? So now you've got people in their like 30s, you know, or even in their late 20s who haven't gotten married and all they know in their head is this narrative of don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. But now we're just denying ourselves of natural things that erupt in, and or come up in your body. <laughs> Not erupt, erupt. Not but erupt. like... Y'all the plans. But these natural <laughs> feelings and emotions and all these things and it's like you just constantly keep this narrative in your head of don't, don't, don't. But why not? I just think there's a bigger conversation about it. And, you know. I feel it's like... either a scare tactic or it's the end goal. Mm, yeah. The end goal. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's still not the end. Yeah. This is not a, is not a no turnaround. Like, yeah. Right. It's not like, you know, you're going down a one way. That, if anything, that is just a larger beginning to something. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh-huh. And like you were... Janice, I've just been rethinking everything. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because, again, I also grew up in a Christian home, but I feel like there's such idolatry around marriage and oh, the way absolutely. like it's been pushed mm-hmm. and the way people have been excluded. You know, the, the state of marriage, the status of marriage is so idealized that they exclude others. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, yeah. I've lost friends who got married, you know, yeah. exited their lives or they sort of, you know, mm-hmm. we just lost touch. I've seen it used in the church to exclude people. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. You know? And also in the opposite to, to like, as soon as you get married, then all of a sudden you have some status and you're like yes. leading stuff. Or if you're not married, then it's like you're worthless yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I never thought I'd be single at this stage of my life, but you know, I'm I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. You know, but it's it's hard when you go back to those spaces, you yeah. know, and it's like some people still have that one track like you're not married. Yes. Why? Like what's wrong with you? You yeah. know? And it's kind of hard to stand up against that stuff, yeah. you know? But then I've also and and then some of those people asking me those questions are in horrible marriages. Yeah. So it's like yeah. they're not even realizing what is in front of them and what's it actual real life, you know? Yes. Like is it worth it to be that unhappy just to be in yes. a marriage? So I'm just like rethinking a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Like I've always said I would only want to get married if it's going to like enhance my life. 
you know, if that person is going to be a true partner and, you know, I'm not going to settle just to, just to be married. And so at this point, like now the bar is really high, (laughs) you know, uh, now that I'm like, you know, I'm living my life. I don't necessarily need it. And all of this that you're all saying, it ties to my main issue with all of this. And I understand why for biblical reasons, it is a two person thing, Adam and Eve, right? That's how it all started. But the, there's a lack of focus on the individual. Not everyone wants to get married. Not everyone can be married. And two people who come together to get married are not even whole within themselves mm, before they do that. So a lot of marriages break apart because people are not supported in figuring out how to do life just alone first. And I think that's super important in terms of sustaining a marriage. Mm-hmm. Like Alicia was saying about this one one-way street, all of you think about all the things and if you can think of just one thing that you can commit to for the rest of your life. And yet we are supposed to do that with marriage. I don't even want to commit to waking up every day. Like that's it's certainly not my hair color. <laughs> and that we know, but marriage and love Those are choices, and we have to make them as individuals with all the right information that we take, keeping in mind that we are ever-changing. So I think there is this lack of focus on like how to have your life in peace and then do that to sustain a a healthy marriage. My whole thing is just like the support is just not there. Joanna, you said something earlier, and I heard it, and I was like, well, that's it. But it was along the lines of just saying, like, well, now you know yourself better, and basically the price then went up, um, Mm -hmm. because now you're comfortable with self. And so it's like, I only come around here if you're going to enhance. And I think one thing that we do see in the church setting, for the woman, it's like the older you get, you should be ready to settle faster. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, actually, sis is shining. So I do think that is, that can be one of the drawbacks. I mean, for me, I do think that there are like a lot of blessings still because I do think marriage is still a wonderful thing. But I think, yeah, to your point, Joe, I thought that that was really profound to say like, well, if you won't come around here, like just know that I know me better now. Mm-hmm. And I think to Aramis's point, one of my friends one of these young girls that I knew was getting married and something that concerned me was that she had never lived on her own. She was going right from her mom's house to her husband's house. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone should live apart from their family, whether it be in college with roommates, whatever, what have you, but just not within the same home that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. And I do think that you should be responsible to both be single and live outside of like familial setting for at least a year because you don't even know how you're going to react in these different seasons. Mm -hmm. And Aramis, to your point about the support, like there's just things that you have to learn, things that you are forced to learn about yourself the further, I don't know, like certain supports and strings are being cut off in healthy ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, like if you're not in a position to be the one that's learning, then you can like, you, you can stunt someone else's growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that the responsibilities of marriage are properly discussed 
prior to because some of this is it is going to come down to bank statements and then the other part of it is going to come down to are you committing to still growing and mm-hmm. and sickness and health i mean people don't think about those mm-hmm. things like oh i like him because he's fine or yeah. you know she got this kind of build right now I'm like yeah we don't even think about compatibility you, you know gravity mm-hmm. you know I said we don't even think about compatibility. <laughs> right. It's it's like only about oh this person is my chosen person yeah. or something. Like it takes a lot more than just oh I'm in love with this person. Yes. Like, can thank you guys you. are you guys even actually compatible? Right. And can you choose this person repeatedly day in and day out when you get to know them and realize at the soul of it they are filth. <laughs> mm, right. I'm just gonna think to myself, what originally was the purpose of marriage? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself now, I feel like it all has gotten so foggy and blurry yeah. that I'm just like, what? And for me, in rethinking things or just like figuring it out for myself, do I actually want to get married or is it like it's in my head that I'm supposed right. to get married? Yeah, yeah, or is it because I think I've come to the point now, like, yeah, I do want to get married, I, I understand it or whatever, and I get it, but I'm like, do I want to be married or do I just want partnership? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Do I just want someone to like love me and love and and I mean ultimately I know that's how I feel mm-hmm. like I do want to feel some type of knit with someone mm-hmm. and not feel alone I guess in a sense like mm-hmm. as you get older you need someone to like lean on and yeah. like all those types of things so like that's how I kind of view it now this like partnership yeah. and connection and just all those types of things um, and to feel like you're it's part like I feel like COVID really brought out the emotional work of just like maintaining a household and it just feels like a lot by yourself you yeah. know yeah. and like I went home and my mom took care of me I was just like it would be nice to be doing this with somebody and yes. take care of each other and be yes. like switch it off and on but then there's also a lot of sexism in marriage and there's yeah. a lot of putting all the emotional labor on women I don't want to be in that either you know, I want it to be a true partnership, taking the load off for each other. Yeah. And we're like, you know, sharing the decision making and all of that. So outside of the structures that, you know, society has put in place that is a benefit to marriage, don't you think you can have those things outside of marriage? Like why yeah. is marriage necessary for yeah. that? I've seen it too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oprah is that man. Yeah. 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 And for me, like in re- rethinking all these things, kind of going back to your point, like what well, what was it originally? what like the christian standard of man and woman and then their 2.5 kids forever and ever and amen you don't even see that in the bible really like you got adam and eve and then their kids are killing each other um and then like and and, then this is if you are taking the bible literally then like things get real murky real quick because it's like no it was only eight people on this boat that's nasty As you get into the Bible and it's like, okay, you have these men with all these wives, mm-hmm. all these all concubines, mm-hmm. or you've got widow after widow and they're raising their kids on their own. Or like trying you... to come up on someone else with land to take care of. Mm. Yeah. Ruth and Boaz. Mm-hmm. Ruth was already married before. Yep. And none of these, these were not love matches. Like we turned them into these romance mm-hmm. stories, but exactly. I'm like, this wasn't, this was all about property holding and merging families and consolidating yeah. power. It's not what we what we made it out to be. Mm-hmm. And so you see these different examples of marriage, but you don't see the thing that we have made yeah. the standard. And like, and then we read, we read what we've been taught into the scriptures and like we read the scriptures mm. how we've been taught how, but, yeah, like, that part. but like yeah, yeah. even like you know with jesus and a woman at the well like we read that like he's like oh 
oh yeah, you know, are you married? Whatever. And like, he's like, <laughs> no, you've been sleeping like, around, ma. But who's to say he wasn't like, yeah, I know. Yeah. And like, no, just, just right. chill about it. Like, yeah. we, we read like these inferences in, but we yeah. don't know. That's such a good point. Yeah. Like, what, what the inflection what the was. Yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we put all this shame on things. Like, we basically mm, put like sex behind this paywall. Like, you have to get married. And so then, you know, here as black women, to be in like in these white, primarily white evangelical spaces, <laughs> we're not even what people are necessarily no. looking for. Yeah. And so you're sitting here and you're trying to live up to these standards. And then for me, like, is this something that God has given us? Mm-hmm. Or is this just something we've taken on mm-hmm. um, and are trying to live up to? And maybe it's not necessarily the thing. Because I think about myself, and I'm like, and part of it is just because my own trauma, because I grew up in a bad marriage. I never really wanted to be married. I wanted to have kids. Yeah. But I don't necessarily mm-hmm. see myself, mm-hmm. you know, being tied to someone forever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I look at, Sadiqa was raised with her mom. That's it, and Sadiqa's fine. And so then I think about these things, and I'm like, are we putting these standards or these things on ourselves and thinking it has to be this way because this yeah. is what's best for everybody? Right. Is it? Or are there these different paths and we've just been taught to think it's wrong? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not. There are plenty of people, especially now, who are like making deals and just being like, you want to go half on a baby? Mm-hmm. And just like Girl, raising is, people cooperatively. I'm just trying to get these applications filled out right. real quick. Cause. I promise a few people that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right, let me I'm just... like, who's to say, you know, that some child has to be damaged because they don't have both parents in the house? I'm like, mm-hmm. I think it goes back to love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all kind of like made fun of um, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, oh, with the conscious uncoupling. Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm-hmm. maybe that's fine. Right? Yeah. Like, maybe you had a good time. Mm-hmm. And then you just got to a point where you're like, this isn't the best mm-hmm. thing for us anymore. I think a lot of marriage has become has become like bondage in different ways. Yeah. I'm like, how much of this is actually necessary? Are you trying to go back to black women and not being um the ideal picture mm-hmm. of what a wife is supposed to look like? Because no, I was going to touch on that. Um, because uh, no, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> I'm no, I'm gonna because here's my no, problem. I mean, I'll add in, but that wasn't my topic. Here's my problem in the church houses, right? Especially in these mega churches and all these things. We as African American women are not the image of what beautiful is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and that drives me insane. I am definitely on board for all my friends who are getting married and getting engaged, having the babies, doing all the things. And I come to the showers and I do all the things. And I help even with the weddings. I hold the dresses. I hold back the hair when you want to throw up. All the things, right? I'm there. And I am 100% there for you. But there, I can literally keep counting on my hand and use my toes of how many African-American women... Listen, African-American women... Black women that I know that are not married and who are not being selected and not trying to come against any of my non-black friends that I know that are getting married. And I'm not trying to diss them in any way, but I'm just saying this is disconnect and it's so annoying and it's very hurtful and it's very, it literally just breaks my heart. Like it breaks my heart so much because, and then like, I'm just going to go there a little bit more. Our own black men who continue to look over us. And look over at them because that's the narrative that is being preached yeah. for them to look at as well. Mm-hmm. It is very sickening. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's something that's perpetuated both in and outside of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Because in a bigger picture way, I guess it does relate to what I was thinking in regards to when Janice brought up Jesus sitting with the woman at the well, right? She was a woman that would have been ostracized both by those around her for her ethnicity, but then also because of um, how she carried herself, right? Having been on, you know, her sixth guy. But... I do think in a larger picture, something that always stood out to me about that particular reference was that Jesus always knew that he had to go there, Mm. right? Like that he was going to a place and he always had plans to speak to her. Mm. And so to me, on a larger scale, I'm just like, this is a woman who no one had plans to speak to. But Jesus always had a plan to go and find her and speak and sit with her, right? Mm. And so, to me, that is an accurate portrayal of, like, who Jesus is, right? That he always had plans to go and choose and select and sit with those who would have been overlooked and never chosen. And that's a powerful thing for me. Mm. Especially when living in a society where a lot of times we're often overlooked and not sat with. It, gives, it brings me comfort to know that if Jesus went and sat with her, he would have came and sat with us, too. Yeah. Um, having been the people who aren't being selected. Yeah. Um, and so I think I, when I think about marriage, I think about it in the aspect of like be married in the way that God is united to the church, right? If he calls like the church or that group of people like his bride, then there is like a fierce loyalty and commitment and even love for that. Like, you know, in that relationship between the two. And I think right now, in regards to, like, how we see people enter and exit from marriages, it's not with the same depth, and it's not with the same certainty, almost. And I don't even know if it's with the same amount of commitment to continuously choose. Mm. And I think that's the, the beauty of Jesus coming, was that, he never forced himself on anyone, but there was always the option that you can choose me. Yeah. And I feel like in in regards to like marriage, it will ultimately come down to a matter of choices and choices that you have to make minute to minute, day to day, so that you can look over your life or whatever, you know, whatever this relationship is. And literally, it not just be a vow at the beginning, but it be a vow each day, like, I'm still choosing you. I love that we've been given the opportunity to choose. And I feel like sometimes in church settings, the ability to choose whether or not marriage will be for a person is withheld. And if you're not choosing it, then you're wrong. And if you are trying to choose it, but no one's choosing you, then you're still wrong. So it's one of these damned if you do, damned if you don't. And I'm I'm just like, Jesus would have never put us in that situation. And for all those that say, like, if you're not married, you're not doing things well, Jesus was never married. So, like, I just don't want to really hear that part. Like, and even, Joe, to your earlier point about, like, there being this idol worship, plenty, plenty of single folk was laced up and through the Bible doing things mm-hmm. that God had called them to do on their own. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just went on a rant, but cool. But even even to that, choosing every day to love this person, what, what does that even look like? Because what if me choosing you is choosing to be honest with you mm-hmm. and to say, you know, I met this girl at the park. I met, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, people don't... <laughs> Or I want to meet somebody at the park, or I'm feeling, you know. But that goes to Aramis's support. Um, What kind of support do you have around that? But then kind of thinking about how, like, we compare it to God and the church. 
that is an unattainable standard because we're not God. I yeah. don't have the loyalty mm-hmm. of God. I don't have... That's kind of like the beauty of the relationship with God. I don't have that. I do not have that capacity to do this forever, to love you, do anything. And I might love you completely unconditionally, yeah. but there might be some things that I'm like, I can still love you, but I can't. Listen. I can't do that. Yeah. Or we can't, you know, like I said, and so choosing that person every day is choosing to be honest and be like, we've had a good run. Yeah. And yeah. for however that's, long this was, this was great, yeah. but now I'm feeling I need this or I want this or, you know, this is missing, this is lacking yeah. for me yeah. right now. And not to say that, yeah. well, now I got to let you run wild, but maybe that's just something we need to talk about. Mm. And so, yeah, so I look at Christian marriage and I feel like we don't, we don't give these people these options. Like we're not, we tell people you have to choose your spouse every day. And I think people just lock into, that just means I just got to choose to be with you every day. And I just got to knuckle through this. (laughs) I got to bite down. (laughs) That part. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Because I think I told Sadiq, and I mean, I won't say who it is, obviously, but a few months ago, like when I was on Bumble, mm-hmm. and I saw somebody come up, half of a married couple that I know, mm-hmm. from from church, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, saying, oh yeah, we're in an open, open marriage, yeah. but, but you know, and so I was just like immediately fascinated, because I'm like, oh my goodness, like I know these people from church, yeah. like yeah. deeply involved, and like... Mm-hmm. How does that work? Like, yeah. what what is that like? Yeah. Do, do your does your friend group know this? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. And, and like, and for me, because I've you know been already thinking about this, so I kind of like deconstructed enough where I'm like literally no judgment. Like, I'm just fascinated. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, what people questions. what people do to choose each other every day? Like, mm-hmm. how do people decide what works for them? Yeah. And then who who gets to say no? You can't do that. Right. Like there is. There is no biblical standard for marriage because literally anything goes. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know. I, me and my sister were out here, and right. he fell in love with her, but <laughs> I got him first, and now we we out here. You know, Esther is like, I won this sex contest, and now <laughs> there's this crazy. Now I'm the queen, and. and uh, I'm trying to save my people. Well, meanwhile, I've been selected out of this pageant of hundreds. <laughs> meanwhile, this After man. Bath. Meanwhile, this other man is angry, killed my husband in a battle, and now I'm his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm up here with all all these other hoes. Welcome home. Welcome home. Being a kept woman, and then your first child dies. I'm just like, yes. there's a lot of trauma. Yes. Lot of trauma. So I was gonna sound. I was gonna say they sound like a whole bunch of broken people. Yes. yes, broken people. And I think everyone just needs to understand. And and this the thing is like you know there are people who are not shocked about the situation with the Hillsong pastor because they're like men are gonna be men, people are gonna be pe- people, mm-hmm. humans are gonna be human, and they're gonna mess up. Temptation is temptation. And, like. and it sure is. But I think the thing is, like, yeah, of course, we're all going to face challenges and we all have to learn and grow through it. But, like, going back to what you said earlier about, like, what if that was his dream? What if that's what he wanted? But then you throw in the challenge of, like, he's responsible for running this mega church, making so much money, upholding this image. 
that he feels like I the only way that I can break out and get that little piece of what I want my life to be is to do this, which is wrong. Yeah. Absolutely wrong. But it's like people are we didn't a lot of people didn't expect him to do that and we think it's wrong, but I think he's human. And it is it is wrong. I'm not saying it's not wrong. <laughs> but if he would have gave me a call <laughs> <laughs> Is it wrong? It is it wrong? Is it, is it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Not if he would have given me a call. <laughs> the question, the question, even with that, is because Amos, I do think you raised a good point, right? And that, like, what if he had other plans? And I do think a lot of times within church settings, we do see people being like forced together. Yes. Yeah. Quote, falling in love. Mm-hmm. No, you, you, you have been placed together in a couple mm-hmm. of yes. community groups, and y'all have been. <laughs> Assigned to volunteer at the same time. <laughs> this is this has been orchestrated. This, yeah. this is an arranged marriage. So, so because, because people so have hopes for you, but in order for people to yes. use you, oh my God. we gotta get you married. Stop it. Right. No, and so my my thing is, I think that we're all gonna have situations, right, where you, you've committed to something, it'd be your job, whatever it is, you in it, and you're just you know, you start to have some second thoughts, some doubts, mm-hmm. some questions you know, some temptations. You're like, ma'am, I've always been a Skittles girl, but like today I'm going to try a Starburst. Listen, mm-hmm. um, the yellow one is I guess my thing is, <laughs> I think to ignore those things is where the problems start to mm-hmm. start to crack right in the foundation. Yeah. Yes. But Aramis, I feel like you had said some really profound things earlier about that support aspect. And I something I'm realizing is just like, to me, I don't think it's enough that you have the support after the indiscretion has already taken place. Mm-hmm. You have before it. Mm-hmm. But what about like when these when these thoughts first started coming yeah, to mind? Right. Yeah. Like, are you speaking to your partner? Are you speaking to a therapist? Are you speaking right. to a trusted friend? Like, are there other people that you're yeah. like linking up with? Mm-hmm. Just because I just feel like if we need friends and stuff to get through single lives, imagine how much more mm-hmm. friendship yeah. you need when you're now contractually bound to someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just I just wonder, and then on the flip side of that too, I also wonder if he has someone around him who at some point noticed his behavior, even if it was subconscious to him, and was like, hey, bruh, you know, you're getting a little familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting a little touchy. No you know, you're, Where do you keep running you're getting off a little, to? Yeah, right. friendly. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if there was someone just on the flip side of the like, damn, I need to tell somebody I'm, I have some thoughts or whatever. I think on the flip side, it's like, like, was there someone that came that pulled up on him and said, hey, bro, like, you getting kind of friendly with someone who's not your yeah. But also going back to this exclusionary thing, you tighten up, you get married and you tighten up your circle and all of a sudden you're only hanging out mm-hmm. with married people who you may not want to disclose that you're having these types of thoughts Ooh, and issues hey. with, you know, right. like, right. oh, they look like the perfect couple. They're not going to understand my issues. I'm not going to share it. And so you're like suffering by yourself. Like, does that happen? You know? Yeah. Or, or, surra- or the opposite where you're surrounding yourself with people who allow you to get away with mm-hmm. such things right. and don't pull, and don't and pull don't out their mirror for you so you can't see you don't have to look at yourself yeah. and see how poorly you're doing yeah. or like it's been hyped so much now you're on the other side of it and you're like oh this is not what I thought it was because like we all have our Instagram lives and you mm. want it to look right and you don't nobody wants to kill these fairy tales mm-hmm. so then you just we'll, we'll just knuckle through it mm-hmm. We'll just make it work. Because it's like, you, you could have looked at his Instagram feed at any point, and you would have never seen this coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you know, in this particular situation, I'm like that. That would be a whole other episode just about fame and mm-hmm. celebrity and like right. how how that just I gets. I would love to talk to Lauren. Get in the mix. Right. <laughs> Y'all feel like <laughs> deliberating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too soon. <laughs> last week when all this was going on like where we sold a bill of goods on this marriage thing like mm. you know like who lied to us and how long has this been going on I mean look I also want to like balance it I want to say I know people who've been married for years and again from the outside they look like it's yeah. a solid marriage yeah. you know it's been ages. Yeah, yeah it does yeah, exist yeah Sorry, so I'm just saying, like, I just, you know, it's still, like, something I'm, like, looking into. I still, for me, want to know, is it what I want versus, like, is it what I think I'm supposed to want? But I think, I think, like, my question at the end of all of it is, like, nothing, nothing is for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just nothing that's for everyone. Except for brushing your teeth and taking a shower every day, please. Every day? Doing what, mother? (laughs) Every, every day? Every day, even in a pandemic. How many teeth? I guess I'm not a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) So, like marriage, marriage, like marriage is a great thing for the people that it's for. Mm. My problem with is like we tied too many things to it and said, well, you can only do this, you can only have Mm -hmm. this, like all these taxes. Yeah, like all these things that you might want are all behind this paywall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to have this before you can before you can have sex, before you can have kids, before you mm-hmm. like you have to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well that's not that might not be for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then we're like I said, rushing people into it. Mm. And so then people just aren't learning aren't learning life skills. Mm-hmm. Aren't learning how to talk to somebody about what you want or what right. you like or what, you know, whatever. Um, and like for both, you know, for both of them, like, did you did you both just get stunted? You just get trapped into this life mm-hmm. and we're here and then now we got all these people looking at us mm-hmm. and we just have to right. we just have to do this. Mm-hmm. And especially like in church world, I feel like women like women are diminished before they're married, mm. and then they get married, and they're diminished in a different way because, yeah. especially, especially like with pastors' wives, a lot of times these women just become props. Yeah, and you are now you're automatically over the women's ministry. Mm-hmm. That's your thing, and it's Ooh, like, did you, did you even want to do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you? Who are you? Or like so many girls, I think get married to like find their personality oh, in yes. when, in what he's doing. Yes. And it's like, no, like, Kamala Harris, you, like, we yeah. are whole people with our own ambitions and our own mm-hmm. purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, you want somebody who's going to enhance that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? I think about, about? um, I was going to say, I think about when I, <laughs> I wasn't going to go to Bible college, but then, you know, the Holy Spirit led me. Uh, nah. <laughs> so when I went to Bible college, right, it's so weird for me. I grew up with just my mother mm-hmm. and like, even like, just in New York City, people just didn't get married right away like that. People were in these long, committed relationships or whatever, yeah. right? So then I go off to Bible college, and then I'm literally, like, the first week of school, these girls are just, like, thirst to, like, want to get married. I mean, I, I had... I had never... Yeah, ring by spring. I had never... <laughs> 
I'm dead serious. This is a real thing. I had never experienced that. I had never experienced girl. Like, I knew. Listen, if I'm being real, I came from girls just wanting to lose their virginities and, like, you know, like, having first time. me, though. You Being in public school and like, um, I mean, private, I was in private school up until I was in 11th grade and then just growing up church, you know, my mom eventually becoming a pastor. So it's like, I know that whole narrative. I know all of that. So, I mean, granted, I mean, I lost my virginity was not, when I was 19, just before I went away to Bible college. Wait, so. what? Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> you're not like <crazy. laughs> that out to the world you're welcome (laughs) that was for free (laughs) um but (laughs) um but i just i just couldn't believe going there and literally i mean i'm not even exaggerating almost every single girl there ring by spring wanting to be married like that was the end goal like wanting to be a pastor's wife and i'm like y'all are like 17 18 years old 19 years old and this is this is what's important even for me, going to Bible college was for different reasons. For me, it was like needing to know who God was for myself. It was like this narrative that had been shoved <laughs> what down. A sucker. <laughs> this narrative that had been shoved down my throat all my life, and I just needed to know who God was for myself. And so, but then I, I, I never went with the notion of thinking about having a husband. I never went with the notion of ending up being a pastor or any of that. Like I used to kind of even feel bad sitting in the class when everybody would always be talking about wanting to have a church here and what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. I just wanted to know. What about me? Like, I gotta get me together. I am messed up a little bit here. Like, I need to know what's happening within me. And I'll never get over when um my um senior year when I thought I was gonna graduate, I wasn't able to. I needed to come back to complete other classes. I remember the incentive that was said to me was like, "Well, maybe when you come back, you'll find your husband." excuse me I, I remember being so angry I called one of my friends on the phone after leaving just being like why was that supposed to be the, the hidden jewel behind oh well if you have to come back and do these four classes over well maybe God has your husband here and I'm just like what is this like stop calling it Bible college and just call it Bridal marriage College. Center. <laughs> the yeah, Bridal College MRS. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know that like going to school to get my MRS was a real thing until <laughs> So a good friend of mine who's white told me that like two years ago and I'm 30 when she said that I was like girl what's the MRS I don't think I know that one and she was like no you know what I mean like your MRS and I was like is that like for a doctor Medical reception is secondary. What kind of doctor is that? And she was like, no, girl, like a missus, like to get a man. I was like, you spending all that money to go to the <laughs> Sometimes, 
to Janice's point earlier, right, it becomes like this brand and it's like some of these women, you know, they go behind the scenes, we'll say, quote unquote. But in reality, like they just didn't even want all of that. So they're just like, well, I'm going to just let him do his thing up here and I'm going to sit over here. And it's just like that's damaging on a relationship, too, because this is not like it's a nine to five. Like a church is a very demanding thing. You're talking about leading people through their life. And that is something that you have to be all in with doing. And so I think as as quickly as some of these women are either finding or losing their personalities, there are some who don't even want the smoke. Mm, But they find themselves in a relationship where it's just like, well, this is just what it is. And or like it has developed, you know, like, oh, I met him. We're cool. We get married. We start going to one of these megas and now they're being groomed. And sis is like, wait a second. I don't even. I'm, I like my hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like this is a conversation that we could have forever. You know, it is because there's so many, there's so many aspects. facets yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. And I hope we're not coming off like super negative. Yeah, just we more are. So well, <laughs> well, I mean, so I think the context is the church, right? And just like all that's been put on put on marriage by church, I think that to me makes it, you know, like there's stuff to talk about and there's stuff to unpack with that. Mm-hmm. There's negative stuff that's coming out. So that's real. Yeah. yeah. That's real. Yeah. yeah. And then I also just think to myself, if we're basing this just on the church, right? Like what can the church be doing more? Because I think about being in youth service, right? And it's like this narrative pushed to you in scare tactics in a sense of what you shouldn't do, what you should do. And this is what your end goal is supposed to be. But what about those who didn't reach that quote unquote end goal of marriage? And now we're in our 20s and in our 30s and we're still not there. And it's like, well, there's no space in the church that's being taught or encouraged or um, coached through or helped through about real things as an adult person and feelings and emotions and desires and all of those things. And we're just like sweeping it under this huge carpet that now has this huge lump in the middle of it. And it's just like with all the other things that we don't want to address. And it's like, we're just doing a disservice. And even thinking about it like that, I'm just like, why are the only people in premarital counseling those who are in couples? Mm. Go ahead and run me that playbook while I'm single. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they're giving bags of flour and fake babies to high school students to try to lower pregnancy rates, where are they? Are they passing out husbands for rent? <laughs> But that, yeah, that's, that's a prime point right there. That premarital, it's like, why aren't we just teaching that basic? Why is that not? Why are we just not teaching people communication skills? Right. Mm-hmm. That part. That's, yeah. How are you, yeah. how are you learning to argue now that you're engaged? <laughs> oh my goodness. I think yeah. that's such a big, like for me, a couple needs to know how to fight. So I think that's like a huge deal. You know, like, how do you fight? Do you fight well? Like, is that to make it or break it? Hello. I knew one couple where at one point the dude just had to acknowledge that the ways that he thought his girl received love were actually the ways that he was projecting that Mm -hmm. she received love. And in reality, she was the complete opposite of him. Mm -hmm. And so they had to, like, relearn each other. And I'm just like, bro, did y'all date? Mm -hmm. Were you there? (laughs) Like, were you there? Because mm. as her friend, I know this. Why don't you know this? Mm. And it's just like, because 
I've never wanted to get into her pants. So I had to just learn who she was. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, that's such a good point. For me, it was just like, I just wanted to spend time with the girl. So I guess like, well, if I'm going to be someone's friend, I guess I should understand like, you know, like she likes to run to you and, you know, versus <laughs> ice cream. You know, but it's just like versus my business. All right, so we'll close it out. But kind of to what you said, they talked to you in your youth and then that information kind of never changes. And she's like, no, I'm a full-grown adult. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then there's that saying about we all need to be to somebody else like we never had. So take a minute and think about it. Like, What would you say to the other single women out there who haven't heard anything but the youth pastor's message for the past 10, 15, 20 years? What would you tell her about marriage, about sex, about whatever? I would say the le- first lesson is know who you are. Forget everything else they're teaching you. Know who you are. Really interrogate what you want and what you need because that's what's going to serve you in all your relationships. Mm-hmm. Ditto. Can I do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that's come to mind for me is to just be reminded that you're enough. Mm-hmm. Like you within yourself, you're enough. Mm-hmm. And the days that you aren't like, and the days that you don't even feel like it, you're still enough. And to surround yourself with friends who will remind you that you're enough so that you can then remind them that they're enough. Yeah. Because, you know, pro tip, you were enough before. Mm-hmm. You will continue to be enough during and if you reach an after, you're still going to be enough then. Yeah. But you're good right now, sis. Get mad at me. I might be a little churchy. but You? <laughs> Never. <laughs> might get a little churchy. Since when? <laughs> um, I say this now, being on the other side of losing my mom and understanding a empty place that I came to and understanding where I had to literally strip down myself to reveal myself and know what was important to me and kind of just sit alone and figure things out to where everything that you guys just said, 100%, I needed to figure out, I had to understand why I was enough and figure out who I was. But in doing that, I will say that the gift that my mom gave me of having a relationship with God really does help. And um, on the level that I understand it, not other voices from outside, but just yeah. the understanding for it for me mm-hmm. and being able to cry, scream, yell, even curse and just whatever. Mm-hmm. And just sitting in that place, mm-hmm. I think there is an intimacy within ourselves that we should have mm-hmm. with ourselves, mm-hmm. but also with the Lord because there are things that we can't give information to ourselves for on how to mm-hmm. pick ourselves up and get up and keep moving and doing the next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I would kind of tell my younger self. Like, there's going to be all these, oh, oh, young girl, there's going to be all these other voices telling you how you should do things, how Mm -hmm. you should carry yourself or how you should be to somebody else or, you know, don't have this sex because of this or don't be around this guy because of that or don't allow your flesh or your temptations. But no, sometimes you have to learn on your own. Mm -hmm. You have to experience on your own. And yeah, wise counsel is great. And I was blessed to have a mom who helped me, encourage me through things in certain ways. And um, I didn't go down certain paths, but I think if I did, she would still been there. 
and I know I have a God who, in a relationship with a God who will definitely speak to me to be like, Sadika, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and for me, I just say, clear out all the other voices and be true to who you are and whatever your relationship looks like with the Lord Almighty and whatever that conversation sounds like or whatever that, that language is, live there and forget about everything else. It's a wrap. Let's try. Let's try. Let's try. Because <laughs> that was the church. <laughs> now let's go to that street. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I hate all y'all. Um, I would say your growth, development, happiness, all of that comes from you. And everything that you need to be the woman that you want to be is already within you. Streets is talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, coming coming from church world and now somewhere outside of it, I don't get mad at God anymore um, because I don't I don't have that fear of like God is withholding something from me because I've kind of like taken that responsibility off of God and I've like turned it back on me and been like okay. If I'm, if I'm unhappy, if I'm feeling like I'm not getting what I want or getting to where I want, is that because you're keeping it from me or is it because I'm keeping myself from it because I'm putting these, these standards on me? I'm requiring things of me that you're not even requiring. Like I'm holding myself still. I'm keeping myself in a box mm-hmm. thinking that's what God wants and maybe it's not. Just go. Give it a whirl. Try it out. Change your mind. Learn different things. Explore, ask questions, and see see what happens. God is bigger than all the boxes mm. we try to put God in, and all the boxes we think God is putting us in. He's good. So that's what I would say. So yeah. So thank you all for being here. Thanks for having. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for being here, Sadika. Thanks for bringing Aramis. <laughs> Friends and frenemies. Always. <laughs> Always a good time. Always. And we out. We out. Adios. So that's that, and that's a wrap on episode three. Many, many thanks to Alicia, Sadika, Joanna, and What's-Her-Face for sharing their time and their thoughts. And thanks to you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you'll share, subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast as you see fit. And since you're obviously the podcasting type, be sure to check out Sadika's pop culture podcast, Obi Talkin' Talkin', and Aramis's relationship podcast, Deliberate Dating. Check the show notes for the links. And be sure to check back in next week for episode four, a conversation about mega churches with my mega friend, my artistic twin, the boy version of me, Daniel Tatro. It's going to be good. But until then, I hope you're as well as can be. I hope you're speaking up and speaking truth to power. And I hope you watch Ted Lasso if you haven't already. That show is the warm hug we all need. So get into it. Be well. And I'll talk to you soon. I am an eagle.